Good evening and welcome to the All Blacks edition. I'll tell you, some days I do wonder who I'm working with. So anyway, welcome to the All Blacks edition. <laughs> I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, and the guy who's just put his headphones on that you can't see, um, but he'll be with us in a second, uh, is Ashwin. Because you know, I've actually called up Ashwin early, so, we have, so we're all organised. Now, obviously we haven't got Stephen with us because he uh, unfortunately has technical issues um, that we'll have to sort out tomorrow. Um, but uh, so we sat around for ages trying to sort those out. Um, but Ashwin decided not to get himself a beer. Um, but then, and then suddenly at the last second, like, oh, well, let's go live. He's like, no, I'm going to go get myself a beer. So, uh, <laughs> and, so there we and go. turn on my studio lights. <laughs> so hello. Um, good evening, sir. How are you doing? Oh, just saying a Christian. For some reason, I'm feeling absolutely sleepy as today. I think it's just... We've, it's rather cold here in Auckland the last few days. <laughs> you just feel like getting underneath the duvet or duna for our Australian friends and, um, yeah, curling up into a little fetal position under a, a duvet and staying nice and warm. Oh, How are you doing? How about you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, obviously, uh, um, as, uh, as a lot of you, uh, um, uh, so you'll know, obviously I'm unemployed and stuff and spending time in the library, so that's all good and fun. Um, but yeah, keeping my spirits up. But the question really, the question tonight is going to be, have the All Blacks been caught, do you think? Um, and we'll start off with, um, talking about that, uh, that, that game, 16-9 Island beating the All Blacks. What were your thoughts on the game, sir? Oh, which game is this? Which game? Exactly. That one already. Uh, it's it's passed, passed into long distant memory. It's, uh... Yeah, did they? Did the All Blacks play in the weekend? Did they? <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I actually thought um, excellent game. Um, you know, it's oh, geez, how can you explain? It's just their, their, their closeness, the intensity. It, it's it's fantastic viewing, um, and and it's just yeah, it's gr- that top level rugby. It's great to watch. Great to watch. It was a fantastic game. Um, we talked a bit about it last night on um, the Hash Rugby chat. We talked, and um, I did a post-match reaction um, with um, Max from the UK, who's actually a Kiwi but living in the UK. Um, and that's hit. Um, that's now my fourth most ever viewed video. So, um, yeah, <laughs> World Island for beating uh, the All Blacks. You've uh, created lots of uh, interest uh, on uh, on YouTube. So, thank you for that. Um, Maybe you need to replace me with Max. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, well, actually, for what was it? Sort of like about fifty minutes of that game, it felt like, geez, Ireland are going to have the ball for the whole eighty minutes. Um, the All Blacks aren't going to do anything, um, and uh, yeah, so it was just like, wow, it was just an onslaught. Um, and, and the fact that the All Blacks were able to sort of like. Um, you know, defend, uh, obviously giving away a few penalties as they do, but, um, still keeping, keeping the Irish out with the amount of ball that they had was actually, yeah, it was, it was actually something quite good to watch as well. Yeah. Alex, you're right. Um, Ireland outplayed the All Blacks. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, good to have you on. Um, I must admit though, uh, towards the, in that last 10 minutes, I'm thinking, okay, this is when the All Blacks come good. It's going to be a draw. And right down to like two minutes to go, ah, they'll score, they'll get seven points, and it'll be a draw. Uh, but no. you've become 
<laughs> you've, you've come over to the dark side. <laughs> you've become a true All Black supporter. We, never, we don't lose. We might not just, we just don't score as many points as the opposition. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so hence, I, I have, I have done a video, um, which, uh, looks at, uh, which is called, um, is this the worst All Blacks, uh, um, this century? Now, I've been told off for saying this century because that refers to the last hundred years. What I meant was the turn of the century, you know, in the 2000s. Um, but uh, apparently, yes, apparently that was uh, not, uh, I should have said since 2000. And I thought, you know what, that's a bit pedantic and doesn't have as good a ring to it. So tough. Well, um, not, not wanting to turn this into a grammar show is instead of the All Black show, but I, whilst the person that said that to you was technically correct, I think most people, when you say what you the, the way that you said it, will think of 2000 and beyond. I think so too. That's why like, I thought, like, you know, like, like um, buzz, old buzz year. So I thought, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll just um, I'll, I'll ignore that because it doesn't it doesn't sound as good. Um, see, um, and um, pardon me. So uh, and I look at that, and yes, the unprecedented amount of success in the last sort of eight, um, sort sort of um, eight to nine years has given us this 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 impression that two losses is a disaster in a year but um but it's not uh and yeah it's uh, um if we go back to 2003 or 2007 um, i think it was 2009 um 2009 2009 when they lost four games uh 2000 and um around around the 2003 when the all blacks were ranked number three in the world can you believe it that low um <laughs> <laughs> so just to put a little bit of perspective into it, folks, the All Blacks are still ranked number one. Yes, the gap has really closed up with Ireland. Um, but yes, they, uh, they're not ranked number three um, in the world. And, uh, or as, uh, as Australia recently found out, for their all-time low of um, eighth, I think it was, um, was, Whoa. Uh, was some of the worst that uh, they've ever got down to, or seventh. Just, just, so just a bit more on the game. I, I suppose you, know, you, you can look at that last sort of 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and um, the All Blacks sort of did have the run of the game in that last 20, 30 minutes. Um, but the mistakes was what let them down. Um, every time they got an opportunity to score, I think as Steve Hansen actually said, there were probably four good opportunities to score tries, which they blew with either um, bad execution or a wrong decision. And you could say that the All Blacks basically, you know, were their own worst enemies, mistakes may, meant that they lost the game. But, you know, if the the shoe was on the other foot, you'd be saying it's the All Blacks' pressure. So you have to say that the defensive pressure that Ireland brought to the game um, meant that the All Blacks, that pushed the All Blacks into those errors, which they normally wouldn't have made. But the intensive, the intensity in the Irish defence was so such that um, the All Blacks either rushed it or were, you know, looking heads up instead of on the ball and dropping the ball. Obviously, the, the last play of the game where Brody Retallick, um drops the ball and ends the game, head goes up because he's looking at where the defence is coming from as opposed to making sure he catches the ball. Now, sorry to have, have, um, have facts get in the way of, our, um, of, of, of all these details, but Alex reckons that uh, Ireland um, have to, apparently, and I'm sure this is correct, um, have to get um, the Grand Slam of the Six Nations to overtake the All Blacks. In other words, the All Blacks are, are not now in control of staying number one because they don't play again um, until the Rugby Championship next year. So if um, Ireland go in the next five games, um, it looks like they could overtake 
New Zealand to become number one. Um, so effectively, they do a Grand Slam. They go number one, which is probably fair enough. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, losing one game in a year and a half um, when everyone else has lost at least two and drawn one. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> yep. Um, uh, Christopher also points out that, look, if we go back a few quite a few years, um, uh, it was um, Australia and South Africa were two and three or the other way around, whatever it was. Um, and so maybe the competition also in the, in the rugby championship at the moment isn't as strong as it has been um, in the past as well. And that's also, um, there's also some valid points um, there. Now, talking about styles and making mistakes, um, Hansen was talking about this, this, that they're caught between two styles at the moment. And there was a tweet that had a picture of Richmond Wanger and Bowden Barrett basically stood next to each other uh, at first receiver outside of a ruck and so on saying, here's the problem. You've got two players playing the same position. Um, and this, this idea of this two maker, this, this two playmaker thing is, a um, is, is actually a bad idea and you have to have just one conductor. You're, you're, you're shaking your head, which, which works really well on podcasts, I find. No, well, you were talking, so I didn't want to interrupt like <laughs> I normally do. <laughs> oh, no, look, um, I, I think many teams have been playing with, um, a, a 10 and a 12 who can, um, uh, run, run the plays. Um, if you go back to there, I mean, early, early in the Ireland game, obviously with uh, Damien McKenzie on the field, Damien McKenzie took a lot of ball at first five, um, and at the start of that game, um, with, and that's, especially with center field ruck or more positions, you'd have Bowden Barrett on one side and Damien McKenzie on the other. And it seemed to be going Damien McKenzie's way as well, the, the play. So I'm not sure whether that's a call that they'd made prior to the game or during the game. But, um, yeah, Damien McKenzie was coming into that first five role quite often early in the game. Yeah. And it's always seen also from, from South Africa where actually they have yep. Willie LaRue as their second playmaker. Um, yep. So they, they've gone for the 10-15 combination rather than the 10-12, which you've seen England do in the past, but they've come away from that. You see Australia be doing at the moment with uh, either with basically two out of three of Foley, Tamua and um, Beale. Um, so, yeah, it does look like there's those those two combinations at the moment. It's all three, well, there's kind of three options. One, you just have a fly half, which is kind of what Ireland do, what England have reverted to. Um or, uh, or you have those, the, the 10 12, or you have the 10 um, 15 combination. So, yeah, so um, interesting to see. Um, Unbiased Rugby says, um, let's be honest, Ireland and New Zealand play chess, and the other tier one nations play checkers. Um, there is <laughs> there is definitely an element of that is that the Ireland and New Zealand are a step above a group of three in Wales, South Africa, uh, and England, I think. Um, and then you've got your islands, France's, uh, Argentina's, Australia, sort of behind them as well. Um, so I think there's those top five. Um, teams which we sort of talked about last night. Um, so, talk about um, drop goals. What's your thoughts on drop goals whilst you're Love under them. advantage? Is that a good idea when, when you can get three anyway? Ah, absolutely. It's just, just like, you know, we've always talked about um, two bites of the cherry. Well, why wouldn't you? Because you should, go, for, you should like... go for the five. You should, you should, you should make a, you should, there should be a trial, a trial opportunity sure, sure. attempt rather than a drop goal. Yeah, but... Let's play what's in front of us. If the opportunity is there, the defensive line appears to be fractured, you go for the five points. If the defensive line looks set, you might as well have a pot at goal. Especially when it's tight, like it was um, on the weekend. I think Ireland were up 6-0. Um, so it's just like, hey, we don't want... We might as well get some points on the board and keep it close. Well, I totally agreed with the three. I think there's no one here... 
of him actually sort of practicing when there's nothing on the line. Um, yep. So that when when um, when we come to the Rugby World Cup and he has to take a drop goal and it's not an under, not under advantage, he's less stressed because he knows he can do it under under pressure. So I think there's an element yep. of that. I think it's an element of practicing, um, and I think that uh, come Rugby World Cup time, I think they wouldn't do that. I think they'd go for the go for the five, but the but know that they've got the drop goal in their pocket if they need to for other um, for when they don't get an advantage. I, I actually felt that in the second half when they're behind by seven. Um, there was a couple of opportunities. He should have taken a shot at goal then, uh, pop, drop a goal. You know, it's about closing that gap up. And um, it just brings the, you know, Ireland would have been getting the heebie-jeebies about, oh, here comes the All Blacks. Um, you drop a, drop a goal, you get within four, so you close that gap up a bit more. And, and um, that, that, um, that sort of uncertainty and pressure comes goes on Ireland a bit more. So I would have liked to have seen them have another go. Play a bit more scoreboard pressure. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Runs on the board, all that. And for those of you wondering what I'm doing, is I'm, I'm eating my, my sausage roll as well sausage. for dinner during this. So, if I remember, there you go. Yummy. Because nobody likes the cold sausage roll. The, um, well, so I got informed by my, my flatmate. So she, she, she works in the bakery um, and she uh, brought them back for me. So, sorry, a little, little, little diversion here. Um, and she yeah brought them back and said this is this is this is free food and I'm, I'll be honest I'm never one to give up free food or drink um, to be honest <laughs> so yeah so there you go um, the um, so okay that was the drop goal do we th- I mean is there an element of the All Blacks going stale or are they hiding, hiding some tactics for next year do you think because they haven't been playing oh. that well all I mean, all season people have been suggesting they're not playing to their full potential yeah oh, yeah absolutely oh, I've mentioned it a few times now and I think in a few you know threads for want of a better term on Twitter um, and Facebook um, saying that the All Blacks just aren't firing on all cylinders at all. Um, they do, to me, they do look a bit stale. Um, whether there's just been an element of too much rugby um, played by them, um, you know, that's their own fault because they're the ones that schedule the, you know, create the itinerary. It's not somebody creating it for them. So um, I, I think there is. And, and, this talk of um, a different style that they're trying to play and they're mixed up between it, well, to be honest, I can't see any different style of play that the All Blacks are playing, apart from the fact that they're dropping the ball, which they didn't do previously. I, it was interesting listening to someone, um, oh, I've gone blank, um, the Auckland um, coach, um, Amua. Uh, April uh, Aramia, I mean Alama. Aramia. Oh, there you go, Alama. Um, I was uh, listening to an interview by a uh, radio interview with him, and someone asked him that what's what's his changing styles, and uh, he didn't uh, come up with a very good answer. But I think it is that two playmaker business because Ben um, they Ben Smith doesn't really I mean, he doesn't really step into that first fight into that first receiver role in the same way that Dave McKenzie has no. been doing. I think that's the main the main difference is that two yeah the, the two playmaker rather than the one playmaker um, piece, which allows Bowden Barrett to take to the line more because he doesn't have to worry about being at the bottom of a ruck because someone else can take over his role. Whereas previously, you, if you've got Dan Carter stuck at the bottom of a ruck and you've got Nonu as your first receiver. Now, Nonu, isn't, um, I mean, he, he advanced his game a lot, um, but he wasn't a Dan Carter. I mean, neither was a, neither was a, um, a, a Conrad Smith either um, or anyone else. There was no one else who could really step into that role um, in the same way that Damon McKenzie can step into it for, for Bowden Barrett. So the different style that you're trying to play is a two-playmaker role? As far as I can tell, yes. So far. Anything, it, can't see anything else, though, can we? No, not really. <laughs> not really. 
No, no. Uh, you know, that's what I come back to. Is the fact is that they're playing a tomb playmaker role is simply because of the got players within the squad or the match day 23 that are capable of it. I, I don't, personally, I don't think it's they're selecting those guys so they can play that style. Um, I think the style's been more developed around the players that they're picking in the match day 23. In the match day 23, we've got three first fives. Um, so let's have, let's split them up so that we've got options to go left or right. You, you could put Ben Smith to 15, bring Naholo in, and have um, Dame McKenzie on the bench instead. You don't need Yeah, to, um... yeah. But then are you going to have Mawanga and McKenzie on the bench? No. Then Mawanga will drop out. The, will, yes. Mawanga will yeah. then drop out the, uh, the 23. Yeah. I, oh, look, I've, I've heard recently, and I'm probably a bigger fan of the fact that Barrett goes back to uh, 15 and Mawanga starting now. Oh, dear. You've, you, you've gone and down that hole. Yeah, McKenzie on. Yeah, and yeah, that rabbit hole. And McKenzie on the bench, though, because all three, I, I think it's got to a level where all three have to be um, uh, in the match day 23. So you've got to have your best players in the match day 23. They are the best, uh, the best players. The, I know, Nahoda is a fantastic player. I, he didn't do himself any favours in the game against Japan, to be, to be fair. Mm. Um, Nothing, really. And um, in fact, well, yeah, he did himself a lot of bad in that game in Japan. Um, um, but there, Alex basically yeah, point that Dag should be back next year um, as well. Uh, Neymar and Scudder should be in the could be in the mix. I mean, there's all sorts of players um, that, that, that could be in there. Christian is, is, does not agree with the Dag, Dag one. I, I, I'll agree with Christian. Yeah, no, Dag's, Dag's done his dash for alliteration purposes. Um, <laughs> the dog Dag. Um, <laughs> yeah, and even Milner Scudder's got no gas. There's, I think, you know, there's only so many knee injuries that you can have before that start to um, gonna affect you in your game. And uh, I think, yeah, it. it um, sorry, uh, uh, Milner Scudder is basically, yeah, I'd be a long shot for him making it to the to making it to Japan. Yep. Um... Which is a bit of a shame as to how, how he kind of arrived on the scene just before the last Rugby World Cup and to think that, yeah, now he's what, 24-ish, 25 maybe. Um, and we're, we're trying to say basically his, his, his All Blacks career is over. Um, which is really kind of harsh. Let's be, um, let's be honest. Yeah. Harsh, but fear. Harsh, but fear. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Um, so any, any particular players you want to, on the All Blacks side you want to call out that played well? Well, it's hard to when you so many. It was so the All Blacks were so error prone. As I said, Ireland put the pressure on, and so the errors came from the Ireland pressure. But there were so many errors, and to to try and sort of pick an All Blacks player that sort of um, uh, you know stood out, performed well, it's hard to pick. Tell you the truth, uh, one one thing that I was quite happy with was that obviously old uh, Carl was getting owned a bit by Tad. Um, at the start of the game, but by the by the end of the first half, um, Big Carl had sorted that out, and uh, the All Blacks had got the dominance back. So it was good to see the fact that during the course of a game, um, Carl Tuanukaafi could adjust his game to and, and correct whatever was going on in those scrums, where the All Blacks were getting monstered, um, and were able to basically remedy that um, problem. So that's yep. probably the biggest thing I saw from it, to tell you the truth. Um, the rest of it was really struggled to pick an all-black out that performed well. 
Um, I think uh, crossing good, he got through a bunch of tackling um, as they as they kind of do defensively. Um, and actually, one of the differences, perhaps, in style is that they're not using the centres, and the centres aren't running as many meters as they've done previously. Um, the number of meters out of those guys has definitely dropped. Um, it dropped through the, the rugby championship as well. It looks like they're looking to go wider uh, or, or narrow uh, with the um, uh, with the ball. Uh, surprisingly enough, Rico Wani seemed to have a quiet game, but still got up to. 60, 70 metres running with ball in hand. Um, still that, the highest metres. Still the highest metres. And yet we didn't even really, really kind of notice him doing much, to be honest. So, yeah. so um, kind of when he did that, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, he was snuffed out pretty well. Okay, just just um, back on, sorry, on, on um, Nihi Milnaskara. He's 27. Oh, he's an old fella. Cool. Mm. Well, yes. As far as the age where they... Anyway. Uh, the age at which the All Blacks seem to jettison their um, wingers. Exactly. So he was a late developer. Didn't realise that. Okay. Yeah, yeah he actually he went and played that other oval ball code um, and for a few years before really? he came back. Mm. Wow, I'm surprised he was big enough to play uh, to play league. Um, no, no, he, well, I mean, no, he, he was playing on the wing, I believe, uh, for uh, in that other oval ball code. Okay. That shall be not. No, that, that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll move on from that now. And uh, um, the Maori All Blacks completed their tour with a third victory, beating Chile 0 73. Um, so I've watched highlights, but let's be honest, it was, um, as the scoreline suggests, pretty one way traffic. Akiri Wani, funny enough, playing, I think, pretty much how he played high school rugby, which was basically just pick up the ball and run over people. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which I think has been one of the things we discussed about it being his being perhaps one of his problems is that he just finds it too easy against lesser opposition. Um, the, uh, um, and um, Michael Carpick got, uh, got a couple of, got a, got a try and uh, got a, was, was very busy. Um, someone I know that you're a big fan of. Oh, Mitch Carpick. I mean, Mitch Carpick. yeah, I think, yeah, Mitch Carpick. Um, geez, I, I, he's, he's a good player. And um, I, I just don't quite understand his logic in going to the Chiefs at the time he did. Um, sitting on the bench behind uh, this All Black called Sam Kane, uh, he, and so, but he's got, yeah, he's a very good player. I suppose the only question mark that's ever going to hang over him is his size. But when you look at the way he plays and the games that he plays, you know, size doesn't seem to be an issue for him. So uh, I've got big raps on. I think he's um, he's got a future. It's just a case of what's in what, what's in his way. There's a lot of um, larger sevens. Coming through, obviously they've taken Dot, Dalton Papa Ali'i um, on the Northern Hemisphere tour. He'll probably get a run this weekend against Italy. Um, so it's just a case of what's in front of them. But no, Mitch Carpick's a bloody good performer. Um, obviously, lots of uh, cultural videos of them singing and various sort of Chile and uh, Brazilian welcomes as they have arrived at airports and stuff. Um, what are your what have been your kind of overall thoughts of the tour? Oh, look, any time that the Maoris go on um, tour, it, it does become um, quite a cultural event. Um, you know, it's it's almost um, a case of promoting the Maori culture as well as the fact that it's the Maori All Blacks. Generally speaking, they're going to a place which doesn't really sort of, I won't say embrace the culture, but promote the culture. Whereas they've gone to places like Brazil, South America, where obviously culture is actually a really big part of their heritage and background so um i I think it's great it's great to 
you know, it's something that puts that separates rugby from a lot of other sports is that it's it's more than just the game on the field. It's actually the environment, the country that it's being played in, who they are and what they're about. So, no, I, I think it's great to, you know, opportunity to to sort of see the Maori All Blacks over there playing Brazil, playing Chile, and a bit of mix of the cultures and what it's about. Um, and, it, and it sort of gets away from the boring pre-game interviews that we're all sick of now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's been a great tour. Uh, I, it's... I guess my my main problem with the the Mario Blacks for, is is they just don't play enough games. Um, and they should yeah, get, oh, get more opportunities. Oh, look, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, you you, you have the um, the June window um, over here, and it's just like, why aren't the Maori All Blacks being utilised to go play the, uh, the the Pacific Islands? You know, um, I think we talked about. Um, the fact that there's six Northern Hemisphere teams versus four um, uh, Southern Hemisphere teams for that window. Well, one of those, like, for example, in Italy, in, uh, could come over and play the Maoris in a three-match test series. Um, end of year tour. They're finished. The All Blacks have still got one game to go. Why? Why? They could go play a game against Uruguay this weekend. Or they could have had two-match series against Brazil, who... We actually um, tested them out quite quite well, so absolutely agree with you, hundred percent. I think the Maori Maori team is a hugely undervalued and underutilized uh, platform. Yeah, no, so I think underutilized is is and uh, yeah, as you say, I don't think they're valued for what they can bring. Um, I think they can bring a lot more. So I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have seen them play another game. Um, and one of the things we've mentioned, or that you mentioned on the past on these shows, is that the only reason the Maori are getting any games at all is because they are AIG sponsorships, so they have to play three games. Whereas uh, well, I think they should be playing more than three games. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think it's been a successful tour. I think it's been very good. Uh, hoping to catch up with um, Roger Randall um, post tour to have a chat with him about how the tour's gone. Because in some ways, the the, the Maori are a bit like a barbarian's side in the fact that they get zero. Or they, or they get maybe a week or so um, preparation time before they go straight into a game. Um, they don't have camps throughout the year in the same way that the All Blacks and stuff do. Um, so how the uh, so it's going to be interesting talking to him about how they prepared and how they co- cope with all of that uh, that side of things um, as well. And and that's why it's sort of like you know with the lack of preparation time, if they had more game time, they'd be together more. I mean, generally what we're seeing over the last couple of years is that the the selection of the Maori All Blacks is starting to become quite consistent. I mean, last year Mitch Karpik was involved, the Kerry Iwani, the top two players that we've just mentioned, a Terry Black, etc. Um, you know, we're all involved, um, Brad Weber. Um, so those guys getting game time together, we'll see them actually, without those camps or anything like that, just performing more together, we'll see them performing better. Um you go back, I'm just going to go back a few years, um, and, and at a time when it really looked like Maori rugby was going to take off in the sense that they were going to have some really big games, it was when Ron Cribb and Troy Favell were uh, running around on the field, and there was a um, All Blacks team selected, and I think even Carlos Spencer might have been playing in that game as well, and they played the Auss- a full-strength Australian team in Sydney. Um and, you know, and that, there was a stage when it sort of looked like, hey, um, they're going to take the Maori All Blacks seriously. They're going to let them pick their top players, so to speak. 
um, without hogging 53 or 51 players mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for the All Blacks. Um, and, and but after that, it all sort of went back to normal status quo, which was yeah. Here's a token game for the Maori All Blacks here and there, or yeah. a Mar- or a token tour. And I think didn't they go through? I uh, think they had a run of something like 16 wins on the trot, or something, mm. um, as well up to about 2014, 2015, something like that. Um, oh, yeah, something like that. I think that was a yeah, yeah, that was yep, yep. I was going to say that was around the time of Troy Travel, but no, no, there he was way before that. I was say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know the other one that they could also get some value out of is um, a Heartland team going and playing some of those tier two nations. Yes and no. Um, the, the, the I can understand where you're coming from from from, from that, but I guess the, the no side is that the Heartland players are semi a semi pro or amateurs. So, yep. um, well, they're semi pro. I mean, they get uh, well, maybe an amateur, but um, they might get a so match they, day they, payment. They actually need to get away. Well, no, but they. Can they get time away from their work? They do need to build their careers up, um, that sort of thing. So. I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll tell you. You know, the, the, I. I would. Where these guys are coming from, they will get the time off work. There will be the only the odd player that would not get that opportunity because they're coming from the heartland, where rugby is still very much stronger than the major cities, um, and and the <laughs> the um, the kudos that will go with it. I, I can honestly say to you. All of them, worst case, maybe a couple wouldn't get a release from their employers. Um, they might not get. They might get a case of, um, "Oh, we'll give you the leave, but we can't pay you." Um, but you know, if they're going on tour, the um, the NZR, if you can obviously give them a tour allowance, etc., to, to cover any lost wages. I, well, you yeah, say that, I think in, well, the my, my video from a couple of weeks ago saying, um, "Does uh, Super Rugby slash New Zealand Rugby fixing?" Focus on the fact that New Zealand rugby is about to start running an unsustainable over, um, loss each year. So, yeah, there isn't um, that much spare money to be sloshing around on, on, on these kind of things. Um, if they can be if they can be self sustaining, then fine. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say. So, but, but when they go on an overseas tour, aren't the costs covered by the um, host country? The travel costs are, but not your not the salaries and stuff. Salary, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Yep. So that was the the Maori. Uh, the the other team that's obviously just finished their tour is the Black Ferns as well. So they finished up with a thirty twenty seven loss to France, the third um, ranked team in the world, uh, and they obviously they're, they're ranked number one. And um, so they finished their tour with a convincing win over the USA, um, a zero to fourteen win over France in some pretty terrible rain, uh, a very wet game, and then finishing up with this thirty twenty seven game uh, over France. So uh, um, again, I think. Uh, another successful tour, um, if for no other reason than actually that they got games. <laughs> um, it's sort of like you got games, and um, so you'd hope that it's now an annual thing that they have a Northern Hemisphere tour at the end of the season. The Black Ferns need a hell of a lot more games. Um, to to If you want women's rugby to progress in this part of the world, obviously there's uh, developments happening in the Northern Hemisphere which uh, I think are um, uh, exceeding what's happening down here. But effectively, the Black Ferns are going to be the shop window for down here. So NZRFU has to roll them out. Got to get them more games um, so they can get their profile up of women's rugby. Yep, I mean, they're all professionals now. They're on professional yep. contracts. Um, it's good to see that uh, North, Northland 
um, are, are looking and trying to put together a women's team for the Farrell Palmer Cup next year, um, which will take it up to 11 sides, meaning Southland are the only team that would that, um, that need to step up. And then we'll have all the Meister 10 Cup teams with Farrell Palmer Cup teams, which to me um, makes uh, absolute sense. I think they should, they should be uh, um, very strongly encouraged, if not forced to um, have teams. It- it, it does and it doesn't. At the end of the day, you, you look at the, comp- the Farrah Palmer Cup competition this year, and I'm sorry, but the quality is just not quite there. Um, they have to be very careful about the fact is that you know if you're going to roll the Farrah Palmer competition out there, you're going to promote it as being a, a premier competition, and the quality is not there. You're going to get turned people off, and they're not going to watch it, and then you know you got to rely on the fact that one day they might come back. And when the competition's improved. So effectively, to my mind, the shop window is the Black Ferns, and that's why they need to um, have more games arranged for them to go out and play. But the same applies there too, doesn't it? If they're not playing quality games, then you know people aren't going to watch it. You're not going to get the following. That's why that tour that they've just had, the games that they've had against France, um, have been great because the games have been... I mean, obviously the rain with the first game, but, you know, quality, close games, somebody that's actually um, uh, putting the Black Ferns under pressure. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, France have had five, oh, sorry, France, rewind. France had the um, had five games in the Six Nations, plus these two. So they've had at least seven games this year. Um, compared to the Black Ferns, they've had two games against the Wallaroos and then three games on tour. So they've had five games this year. Um, well, you think yeah. the All Blacks have had uh, have 14 every year outside of the World Cup cycle? There's yeah, there's room for more games. There's also room it for a bit of it... merchandising as well. You cannot yeah. buy a Black Ferns jersey. You can buy you can buy um, a, a the um, the Sevens jersey, um, but you, but the Black Ferns jersey is not available. The only Black Ferns merchandise are sports cards on the um, All Blacks uh, um, shop, and there are a few articles going out there now um, pointing this out and looking at trying to raise awareness that. Um, there should be you should be at least be able to buy a black ferns jersey, especially as the women's rugby world cup is coming here in the not too distant future. Not far away now, no, no, that'll that'll come around quite quickly because. No, uh, oh, actually, I was going to say under twenties, but no, that's a different sport. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the under twenties rugby uh, uh, championships, the world cup, is coming here anytime soon. But, no, but the women's uh, yeah. the, 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 the women's rugby world cup is 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 coming here. Um, I forgot which year it was. Now we talked about it last I'm week. Twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. One of those two. So yes. So yeah. yeah I mean, um, there was actually an announce a, a response from the uh, New Zealand rugby that they would be there would be some more merchandise um, of the Brown and Black Ferns available by the end of the year. Now we're running out of time because the end of the year is coming pretty quickly. Um, and this idea that there's going to be more merchandise when all you can get at the moment is player cards doesn't really suggest. It's, it's a bit, um, yes, stretching the truth a little bit there. Uh, anyway. Um, so Italy versus... Yep, it's 2021. 2021, there we go. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it, they, they, you should be able to buy a Black Ferns jersey um, and be able to support them that yeah, way. So- just my final thing on the uh, uh, on that tour of, for the Black Ferns was just I was just blown away at the fact that that last game was sold out. Mm. I was just like, and it's not a small. It, it, I know, I mean, it's not an eighty thousand stadium. 
but it's a it's a decent sized stadium. Yeah, twenty. Obviously, a, let's call it a twenty thousand seat stadium. So that's yeah, that's that's. I mean, you know, you want to get those sort of numbers, and it'll grow from there. Oh, it's seventeen thousand. I mean, it's more. It's yeah, it's a it's a very good size. Um, it's a very good turnout. The I mean, France has got a fully professional women's league now, um, and uh, as you can see, they are starting to build up their audience um, quite significantly. Um, not only uh, um, uh, viewership, and not only sort of people turning up at games, but also their TV audience as well. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing will be interesting. Obviously, next year with the double header at Eden Park. Um, whether that's the Blackburns are um, got a bigger audience to play to than this year, because the reality is, is this year it didn't work. People didn't turn up early to sit and watch the Blackburns play. The crowd, I was there. Um, I, I sort of, I was intending to get there early. I think I got there in the second half. Um, with kids, that happens. Um, but uh, you know, the the, the it wasn't the sense of oh yeah hey look we'll go early and for the All Blacks game and watch the Blackburns as well as well it didn't happen. Yeah, it's um, the and, and I'm not sure the triple header in Chicago necessarily worked either with three games back to back. I mean that's an awfully long time to sit and watch rugby. Um, yep. And even two games back to back is is a good um, four or five hours, uh, which is just a long long time. Um, I, I, yeah, I, especially when you've got a five year old. That you're taking along, yep. not going to sit there for two games. No. I've got a special seven-year-old who would watch two games of rugby, but he's special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's the normal seven-year-old out there that would watch <laughs> two games of rugby um, back to back. Yep, no, very true. Um, so let's move on then. Uh, let's look forward. Uh, Italy versus the All Blacks. Um, obviously, this is going to be a second-string side, isn't it? And an easy win. Well, um, I don't know if you call it a second-string side, to tell you the truth, but an easy win. Um, what I'm hoping is that maybe we get to see this new game plan that they're trying to play and, and, and to see it more out there so that we can see what it is. So that's that's effectively, that's what I'm looking for, is to try and understand what, what the uh, new game plan that the All Blacks are trying to uh, play, what it is. The... Um... Yep, no, that'll be good. And uh, we may be, maybe, 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 just maybe, um, able to um, bring in our friend Stephen. Uh, just trying to do some <laughs> technical thingamajigs while we're here. Oh, well, I, I was going to run through the whole, I was going to see if we could pre um, predict the whole 23. Predicting? Oh yeah, but I thought well, let's go through a couple of values of the couple of the players, and then we'll pick the team, eh? Okay. What do you reckon? Yeah, I go yeah. for it. So, and the thing is that so I'm expecting him to be in at least on the bench, and I'm actually hoping that he starts because I actually feel out of the game against England and Ireland that the our midfield is lacking punch. Ryan Crotty came. Um, that's going to be that little tank that could um, in the midfield like a Lamapi that could get some go forward. I'd like to see that happen. Yep, it's um, whenever he's played, um, to my mind, he's always um, done extremely well. Um, so that's so yeah, no, definitely uh, up for um, would would definitely agree with that. 
Um, oh, having some issues here trying to um, get um, uh, get Stephen on to the show. The other one that I'd like, I'd, the other one I was while you're trying to get Steve on the show. The other one I'd like to see is in the Ford pack. I'm sort of thinking they're probably going to start Scott Barrett. Um, my guess is that they're going to start Scott Barrett at lock, but um, that at least either way, whether he's on the blind side or whether he's at um. Uh, an amount of physicality, uh, and I think Liam Squire struggled with the physicality uh, in the game, and to bring some, and to bring that sort of uh, uh, punch as well within the forwards. So, and, and I'm more than confident that someone like a Patrick Tupel. Yep, no, it's um, yeah, I mean, that's as you say, he we we have seen that some. Um, uh, we've, 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 we've seen um, Squire taken off now twice um, in a couple of games, uh, haven't we? So um, yep. the uh, yeah, not surprised that uh, yeah, you're right. They do, they do think they need some more um, more grunt, more grunt. Well, if you look at if you look at the way that the South African team's going, you know, we alluded to a Snyman who's just some sort of um, science experiment. Um, and then the the way that the um the the Irish forwards basically outmuscled I felt um the uh the All Blacks is that we that's why I'm sort of thinking to to see um Scott Barrett going to the blind side then you've got your um Brody and Sam Whitelock in the second row and you have got a Patrick Tupelo on the bench that to me is um is something that we need to seriously consider in terms of the the grunt that's required right do we have a Stephen yeah, you do. You probably can hear me, just can't see me. Yes? Yes, that's fine. Yep. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. How are you going, guys? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, should we wrap the show up? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. That, well, that was, that was really interesting, guys. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you guys next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I'm just going to back the truck up a little bit here, because I think you mentioned that you've watched um, a bit of the Maori game uh, and also Black Ferns. Um, any kind of uh, sort of thoughts you want to say about their tours on the whole? Either those tours? Oh, listen, I, I think obviously part of that that arrangement that New Zealand rugby have with AIG, they've they've got to, they've got to find games for the for the New Zealand Maori team somehow. But it's always it, it's never going to be against at this time of the year in the international window. It's never really, if you think about, it, going to be against your your top class opposition. So it's, it's probably. In terms of New Zealand Māori, the, the the way to go. I think culturally, it's it's been a real success, and I think it's just been a real success seeing the images on TV, the really good turnout in terms of crowds that have uh, have been out there. You know, probably out of the out of the three, you've got to say oh, Brazil probably put up put up the best the best op- opposition. You you can see incremental improvements with uh, these internet these international teams. But I'm saying that they obviously just lack the instinct that that you know New Zealand rugby players or players that have been playing the game for a, a very long time have. So it's been been fantastic. Just on the um, on the on the on the Black Ferns, 
yeah, I kind of wasn't surprised by by that result. You just had a funny feeling that the the French would be very very motivated, and I think really having watched the game, probably the real key thing for me was just the the work of the the French forwards. Gee, they they scrummed well. They just pretty much scrummed New Zealand into the ground. Whilst New Zealand had some experienced players players in the in the team, they also blooded a lot of teenagers. As as well, so they'll they'll be better for the experience. But man alive, it was uh, fantastic to see a huge home crowd, partisan home crowd, bringing the French girls home. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> just following the last bit of my uh, my, my 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 sausage roll there. Um, dinner's now done. So um, so let's get on to our, let's, let's let's run through our our twenty three for this weekend. So at hooker, obviously, we've got Coles, Harris, and Taylor on tour. Um, Coles will start and Harris on the bench? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually just Cody Taylor and um, Dane Coles again, tell you the truth. But uh, I suppose they will be looking to try and give the rest, of the remainder of the squad a run if possible. So um, in light of that, I suppose you go Coles and the Harris on the bench. And then you uh, give Owen Franks a, um, a rest at prop and probably rest Carl as well. Um, or maybe actually, maybe, oh, sure, you can only rest one, one of them. We've got five props. Um, so we, I guess we rest Franks and bring, um, what, Louis Lala and uh, Tufanaki. Tu, tu, uh, and, Carl, uh, but Carl. No, I wasn't going to Carl. I was going to offer uh, Tuanga Fassi um, to start yep. and then with Moody and Carl on the bench. You got um, so so who was who was starting with the uh, offer? Uh, Neil Luolala. Oh, I mean Nippo, Nippo, Nippo Luolala. Yep. <laughs> making up new. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making up new players. It's all it's all good. He, he he's going in the vein of Guy Ritchie back in the day, you know. Uh, <laughs> North Oak Harbour. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to have Paul Barrett on next. Um, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, absolutely agreed. Nepo, Nepo, and um, offer to to start, and um, then you're going to have, I'm guessing, Big Carl might be on the bench. Big Carl and Joe Moody on the bench. Yep. Yep. Except they both they both play on the same side, don't they? That's the same problem with that. But offer can play both sides, but okay. then yeah, he's not getting arrested. No, but then he's not getting arrested. Hmm, that's a good point, though. Yeah, so maybe 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 Joe Moody will start. Um, so to keep offer on, put offer on the bench. Um, uh, in the locks, um, uh, Patrick Tupolotu and Scott Barrett to start. Resting, resting Metallic and Whitelock. Well, Whitelock's yeah. already come home. Has he? Yeah, yeah. Whitelock's on his way home. Um, and that's why I was thinking, because Whitelock's on his way home, whether they actually start with um, Retallick and um, Scott Barrett in the second row with Patrick on the bench. Um, I would have put some. Um, yes, yeah, I was just having a quick look through, and we don't, they don't. Um, well, anyway, I, 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 okay. So you, you start. I think I'd start Patrick with um, Scott Barrett, to be honest, um, and, and rest Retallick as well. Who's you got as your lock cover on your bench then? I um, mean, we've come probably, to the bench. I, I, I'd have. To, um, I, I was hoping Hemipo was there, but he's not. So I'm going to have to put some. Uh, have to put Retallick on the bench because I don't think Fafita can do it. 
<laughs> no, no, you can't take Earthly that lightly. So yeah, so I think they'll put Retallic on the bench. Yep. Is, is Matt, is Matt still, Todd still with the, the squad? Or no, he's, he's, gone, he's gone back to Japan. Matt Todd's back oh. to Japan. So that means, um, yeah, that uh, Dalton uh, will be at least on the bench, I would suggest. Mm. If not starting. So I think we probably, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they'll give Kieran Reid a rest. Um, and therefore put Ardy Surveyor at, um, at eight, play Dalton and... Um, Liam Squire with the uh, via Fafita on the bench. Did, yeah, did, did um, but Liam Squire actually came off with an injury as well last week, didn't he? So I'm, I'm not sure how he's pulled up in terms of that injury. Well, if he's injured, then put Kieran Reid on the bench and, and put via Fafita to start. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you, uh, yeah, I still got a gut feeling that they might start Kieran Reid just for the captaincy. For the captaincy, last game of the season, he's going to have a fair bit of time off. Um, start a Super Rugby, so he's going to have a bit of t- he's going to have a fair bit of time off anyway. He he looked pretty agitated. Saw some images of him at the, at the gym. He just looks agitated, doesn't he? Uh, that's the thing. I, if, if if I'm Kieran Reid, after last week, I want to get out there. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, and you're going to go there and say, I want to play. So you can't yeah. see me putting my finger on the desk. And he's and he's copping he's he's copping a bit at the moment. You know, there's a yep. obviously a couple of a couple of um journos or you know, what do they call them? Bait bait, bait journalists. Yeah, yeah, that have come out of the clickbaiters that have come out of the out of the woodwork. And um, you know, unfortunately times like this the, the silent minority comes out of comes out of the woodwork. Uh, you know, yep. well, he hasn't all of a sudden become a, a really, really bad player. It was it was interesting, I was talking to a a rugby colleague at the at gym who basically said that, uh, oh, listen, he, he should have picked up that pass. I said, mate, have you ever charged down a kick when you charge yeah. down a kick? You actually, <laughs> and you actually then, don't know where you don't know where it is. Yep, you don't know where you it actually, is. No, no. You 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 actually lose it, <clears throat> yep. and, it and it was down in front of him. I I actually thought he had a <clears throat> a solid game, but unfortunately, it's just a couple of little errors that he that he oh, made that'll he- that'll highlight it. What it is, Steve, is that for me, he's he's just making a couple of crucial errors at times because there was um, in the second half there, uh, there was a two-on-one overlap, and he decided to take the cart the ball up as opposed to freeing u- utilizing the overlap. So there's a couple of things like that. Look, I think we had the discussion, and the fact is that I don't I don't think he's at the peak that he was at. The, the problem is that there's no one really to replace him. I don't think there is someone that's put their hand up and saying. I'm better than Kieran Reid, and so I have to be there. So I think the talk is rubbish in the sense that there's not a replacement there. Yeah, you, you, sometimes there's something there and there in front of you. I know there's a couple of possibilities, but listen, I don't want to go too far away from the naming of the rest of the team because we're running yeah. somebody just arrived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so if so, so if we're going to have Kieran Reid leading, uh, for, uh, captaining from eight, do you play? Dalton Papulihi at seven and Ardi Sevea at six, or do you put Dal- and Vaifita on the bench, or do you bring Vaifita on at six, leave Ardi there and um, put Dalton on the bench? Well, the, the Dalton can, Dalton shady for the Blues. He, he could play six just as easy, just as easy. And I, I just suspect also that that Savia could play any 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 three of any three of those positions. Yep. Yeah, you know, I think I think um, Artie's actually had quite a big heavy workload. Heavy workload. 
over the last over the last couple of weeks. And quite frankly, I'd, I'd actually start with Dalton as as my number number seven. And yeah, start with Dalton. Who, Artie on the bench. Yeah, yeah Artie on the bench. Yeah. Oh, for feature at six. Okay. Yeah. Um, halfbacks. Are we going to see Triple T starting eventually? Yeah, you got, Steve, can you say his name properly? Because Paul and I are not going to get his name out. Te Tahuarangi. Tahuarangi. No, he'll be starting. I reckon he'll be starting. Actually, what, what, gets, uh, what actually gets a lot of people is uh, Tahuarangi ta, is actually quite easy to say on its own. It's when you have to throw in Te Tahuarangi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Becomes a real sort of tongue twister. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine commentating. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I'm sort of thinking hey, he's going to start. Mind you, that'll be harsh on um, on TJ. Our friend, on TJ Piranara, if he does start. But I think that they really do need to. I, I'm sort of think, I'm I'm a bit concerned about Aaron Smith. I, I, there's a spark missing, and and um, when you've got someone like um, uh, Triple T, sorry, sorry, Steve. Um, yeah. But um, you know, I, I think he's got something. I think there's something about his game, especially as a young whippersnapper coming into the and um, yeah. that he can bring to the to the squad. And, and you know, you know what? I almost get the the sense with Aaron Aaron Smith that since that incident, but we won't we won't really yep. divulge into. But I don't think he's never really been the same. And I I, I also. Also suspect that uh, a bit of the opposition, Faf de Klerk, especially when South Africa played, they just seem to know how to get under his under his skin at the minute. And because uh, he, dare I say, it, he's a he's a cocky little bugger, if if you know what I mean. Behind That's behind the, the they they they're all, they're all pretty much like that. But yep. more than anything else, when he's like a when he's uh, when he's confident, he's like a peacock, isn't he? Really? Yeah, he struts around. He's, yep. he's, he's, he's struts, no, no question. And I, uh, you just get the, the feeling the old ears just been de- deflated out of the tire, tire at the minute. So, you know, maybe he goes away and has a really good super, super rugby confidence to, or super rugby season to find his confidence. I think he's not the, he's not the lone ranger in that respect when it, when it comes to, to re- refining, well, finding yourself again. I think there's a, yep. there's a couple of other, other names out there who need to do that. K- K- namely, Kieran, the skipper as well. Keeper, yeah, good, yep. Good, good player, but probably just not at his best, not vintage. So yeah, who are we going to start? I do a chat with TJ and say, look, TJ, you've got fifty-four caps already. Um, if um, if Aaron Smith gets injured, we need to know that Tarangi has got some experience, so we want to start him and put you on the bench, mate. Um, I, I, I can see them starting TJ, but I think they should start Tarangi um, because. Uh, Tiorangi, uh, because he uh, he needs experience if he's going to be on the bench during the World Cup, which at the moment yeah. he is the first person if there's going to be injury. Um, and, and, and as you say, he has got there is a spark about him. I think that um, yeah, it'd be good to see. First five eighth, um, Richard Moanga starting. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, moving Damien, right along, Dane McKenzie in the uh, twenty-two jersey. Oh, rest Bowden Barrett thinking, entirely. They still, they still start. They still. Uh, I don't think Bowden Barrett will play this game at all. So I'm thinking that Damien McKenzie starts at 15 again. Yeah. Really, you're not going to start. Um, you're not going to put um, Jordy Barrett back there. No, no. Look, I, 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 the thing is that for me is that after last week, they need to actually 
give some of the guys that they want to have playing this new game plan that they've got, they've got to get them out there and get them more used to it. So to me, you've got to chuck some of those players back out there because you don't have, you've after this game, you've got the, the shortened rugby championship and then you're into the World Cup. Yeah, five five game five games counting this weekend, or is it six in total? How many next year? I think it's only four. I think it's only four, four in the rugby year. championship. So there's, only, there's only yeah, there's only five games, and I think that's more the more the reason why you might have to roll some of these guys out that you haven't really looked at because you don't you don't get another crack you don't get a crack at it next year. We still want to go out and win the rugby championship and the. So, so you're saying you do put, so you're saying Geordie at fullback then in that case? Steve? Who's, who's yeah, your 15? I do. Yeah, Geordie. Yeah, I think Geordie at fullback. I think Damien McKenzie at the 20, in 22. Two. Um, yeah. Uh, for centres, well, it's a matter of, um, I would personally start Lau Mappy, um, and, um, and Goodhue with Anson at Brown on the bench. Um, but uh, if um, I, I don't see any anything to be gained by rushing Sonny Bill Williams back from his shoulder injury, no, um, no, no. he's come home. He has as well. Has he, he come home. There was a um, there's a group of three or four players that have come home this week. Oh, okay, I missed that. Okay, so so I, I, I would I would start yeah I would start then um, uh, yeah now Mappy and Goodhue um, with Antonio Brown on the bench. Mm. And then I'd put um, Rico Iwani and Waisaki Naholo as my wingers and give Ben Smith a rest as well. Yep. Yep. Go, go, along, go along with it. I just hope um, we aren't underestimating this Italian side. They, they played a hell of a well against the Australians last week, although maybe a little bit of Australia dropping their standards more than anything else. But so they shouldn't really lack motivation after last weekend that, you know, the one around this uh, tour off on a, on a height. Yep, no, I agree. Um, Alex says they'll add a game against one of the Pacific Islands next year. I mean, that's what they did in 2015. So in 2015, they had, um, they played, uh, obviously, played in Samoa, and then they played the four rugby championship games. So they basically, or, well, three rugby championship games plus the extra Bledisloe Cup game. So next year, they'll be playing uh, Australia in Perth, Australia Eden Park, South Africa at Wellington, and then somewhere in Argentina. Because um, if I remember your video, Paul, there was a three weeks before between the Super Rugby final and the first Rugby Championship game. I think you said about yeah, three week that, gap. Yeah, so I think they'll be. I think they'll fit in a, a, um, a Pacific Island a game. Pacific now. Islands match. Um, or, and we may also have a triple header, like we've uh, like, like they like they like to do. Game of three halves. A game of three halves, halves, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're right, yeah. When you said triple yeah. header, I was thinking, oh, no, not that again. Oh, a game of three halves. Yeah. Now, they'll definitely, they'll definitely have the game of three halves. Yeah. Um, which, I, know uh, you, I know you guys have probably discussed a few things tonight, but something that's just playing on, on my mind and thinking thinking about this, this tour in general, have the, All Blacks, have the All Blacks struggled because the opposition that they're playing in the rugby championship haven't quite been there, fellas. Yeah, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. The, the quality in the rugby championship's not there. And obviously the, the scribes um, from the Northern Hemisphere have actually sort of written quite a few articles uh, in wow. that regard. And the fact is that the Northern Hemisphere competition is stronger. And 
you can't argue with that. It is. No, the no, no exactly. If you think about the England game last week and the Ireland game, those were two quality games. There weren't there weren't a lot of scoring, but man, they but, had you sitting. They had you sitting on the the edge of the edge edge of your chair, and there was so much there was so much quality attached to it. And you know the Irish, and you probably discussed them. Lot lot of quality. They're doing they're doing a lot of good things well, and yep. um, I I do wonder. Sometimes we're, we're so ensconced in our own game plan, we don't always look at look at what the opposition are, are actually putting together. Like for example, I know we're running out of time, but I really think after watching that game, the All Blacks should have went for a lot more pace in their in their loose forward trio. I, I believe they should have played Savia and Todd um, just to just to add a little bit more pace at the breakdown. I mean, it's something that I'm scratching my head around. All they that got beat. And, yeah. yeah, they got beaten up in the breakdown. You got they got well and truly beaten up by uh, O'Brien and Co. in the breakdown. Oh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of bringing Scott Barrett on um, as a six. Now I understand it against England when it's wet and the game's a bit slower. You, I think you can get away with it, but on a dry track, I just think he's not going to have the pace of the yeah, yeah. proper six. Yeah, you reckon? Ireland. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. You, you look at that Irish loose forward trio, man. They, they were, di- they were dynamic. Mahoney, yep. Mahoney, he's a, he's a natural six, and man, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of no fear to those guys. I was, heard a spot stat about James Ryan. He hasn't even lost a senior game. That's just, re- that's ridiculous. That's the sort of thing Wyatt Crockett used to do. You know, never, never lost a game playing for the. For the, for yeah, but the he was boring in the scrums. No, 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 no. He's, he, yeah. he, he has he has now won it. He has now lost. Um, I think both an international game and a, a game for Leinster. So now he's not yeah. got the. He doesn't have a perfect record, but he still has a yeah a ninety five percent record. It's um, it's no. pretty nuts. No, they no they, they they were they were really good and they they deserved their win. I got absolutely no got no qualms. In fact, that you'd have to go a long way back before you'd actually seen the All Blacks without seeing it on the scoreline being so comprehensively beaten. Yeah, I, 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 you're right, actually. I mean, I, you know, at the breakdowns, I thought they were out, totally outplayed. Their technique was actually quite poor at the breakdowns as well. Um, and so they were compromising their own ball quite consistently there. Yeah, this, this coaching staff have got a, you know, they've, they've got a, they've, 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 we talk about players trying to find themselves. I think this coaching staff needs to, to find themselves as well. They need to work out who their back three are going to be, who their midfielder are going to be. I wouldn't train to see, you know, the type five is much as a, much of a muchness, but yeah. I think they also need to find out who their loose forward, their loose forward combination, combinations yep. is going to be forward because it's not a given that Sam Kane is going to come back from that come back. That, that, that injury. They, they're probably going to be hoping like heck somebody stands up at, 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 at super rugby level. And I also, I'm going to throw this in before we go as well. I, I've been really impressed with Putty Putty Parkinson. And, and sometimes really good teams need a, need a third place player in the background, just pushing the guys who are already the incumbents. And I'm, I'm just seeing with our, with our two locks, great locks in their own right, Still, he, still the best around, but I, I just think they need a need a firecracker up their their probably. Yep, I, I agree with you on Parry Parry Parkinson, but I think he's a year too. He's going to be a year too late. Yep. He's just that yep. timing. He's going to be a year. If 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 he had a good two Super Rugby tournaments under his belt, I, he's looking the goods definitely. You know, a, a tall timber um, gets about the park like a Brody Retellick as well. Yeah, so, so he, um, he gets into the tight work as well. I think what we've had is, is Whitelock's played too much. They've overplayed Whitelock. 
Um, and so oh, he's, absolutely, he's absolutely knackered. Um, and poor player management. Uh, poor player management on his part. On, yeah, on 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 with him. And then I think also Britannic's probably been rushed back from injury as well. Um, and so I don't think he's up to speed uh, for, for a different reason. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's been poor player management on especially on, on the White Lock part. Yeah. You, you, you know, guys, having having said all of that, I at the gym earlier this evening, I, I spoke to. Uh, uh, former Samoan international Tani Fuga, who played for the Samoan World Cup team in, in 1991, is one of the co-coaches of uh, Ponsonby at the minute. Um, who's a there's a who won the Gallagher Shield this year, and he, and he actually made a really interesting point to point to me. He said, "Listen, Steve," he said, "the Irish were pretty much they almost probably played the perfect game, and if you think about it, there were several senior All Blacks that were off their game, but they were still in the contest." With, with 15 minutes to go and definitely nowhere near their best. And sometimes you're not always near your best when the opposition is putting uh, a whole lot of pressure on, a whole lot of pressure on, a whole lot of pressure on you. And he, he said, listen, it probably won't take a heck of a lot to turn around, but he reiterated what we just said before. The coaches need to find themselves and they need to work out who their actual combinations on. He, he thinks there's just been far too much experimenting going on where we I think we can identify a few players <clears throat> that are probably better off the off the bench than they are in the starting 15 Damian McKenzie Damian McKenzie for one you, you think of somebody like I know <clears throat> there'll probably be a few people who cringe if I mention Akira Yuani, but you know <clears throat> he may not always be great across 80 minutes but man if you unleash them with 20 minutes to go 25 minutes and just said mate just run the tank dry that's they, what you but need Steve- you know, on Akira, oh, we've heard about his work rate and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, well, why the hell didn't you take him on the tour and give him some yeah. of the lower, you know, the, against Japan? You know, chuck him in there and saying, mate, here's your opportunity. Yeah. You know, um, and, well, and the, I guess is, the, the flip side is, as we say, the, the problem isn't his physicality and that sort of thing. It's it's his head. So maybe part of the thing has been said, right, you go on the Maoris, show us that you're a leader, lead that team. Um, and yeah. shows you can play the full 80, and that might be what it is. Yeah, but the thing is, the problem with that is the fact is that next year is the that thing called the RWC, not the Rally World Championship, but the Rugby World yeah. Cup. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, this year he needed to go on the end-of-year tour. He needed to be tried out. Experimenting so much, what the hell would have been the problem if they'd experimented with him and said, we're giving you your shot, son, don't let us down? Yep, yep, yep. Guy's got the guy has got exceptional talents, and we're not seeing them at the top stage. Or he's not, or you know, they're perceiving that he's not good enough for that top stage. And it's like, with what we're seeing, I don't know. Are we are we getting enough out of our props around the paddock, guys? Wow, that's yeah, that's a that's a debatable one too. On the weekend, we didn't. Oh, you know, I'd, I'd oh. almost be tempted. I'd be tempted to be on the phone to Charlie Farmuina's. Agent, because I still think he's. I still think, with the style of rugby that the Allbacks are trying to play, I still think he's one of the better ball playing props around. And if you kind of look at the props, yeah, Carl's done amazingly well this year. But that first half against Ireland, he looked he looked like he he was walking around. You know, Owen Franks, Moody, they've had their issues with sort of scrummaging and and discipline in recent season. And and just they've had a lot of injuries lately. Those two. Yeah, even I mean to say, fair play to offer. Even offer, I thought came off the bench and 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 added a little. And and that's the thing at the moment. There's not a lot coming off off the bench 
But you know what? At the end of the day, this is this has been a real cool tour. You know, we could have we could have just gone up there and see the All Blacks just roll, roll, over. roll, over, roll, roll over everybody. But now we got to, you know, as, as New Zealand and All Black supporters, we got to sit back and and take the medicine, as as, as, <laughs> they, as they say. You know, just for the people who are listening or <clears throat> or, or watching the show, what you've got to realise back here is. Uh, Man, people have just come out of the come out of the woodwork, and we're hearing sack the coach, sack the captain, <laughs> you, you name it. Just absolute, absolute crazy stuff that I call the what are they, what I what I call them the silent minority. But that, but here's the thing, right? With that, is the fact is that it's 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 almost something that's actually good for New Zealand rugby yeah. because everybody had become so complacent that they were starting to lose people watching the game, watching the All Blacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has actually brought a level of interest back into it. Obviously, it's a bad thing to lose as someone like us that watches everything um, all yeah. the time. But for the people unlike us, um, yeah. it's a good thing because it's brought interest back into the game within the All Blacks. With brought interest back into the All Blacks games. Yeah. And so, from just on, on the, the, the the coaching side of things, so um, one of the things the previous coaching setup did was they rotated, didn't they? So when we had um, Ted uh, Hansen and um, Wayne Smith. Um, they rotated from being and, and uh, halfway through and said, right, you know, what? I'm, the, I'm the defense coach. I'm now going to be this coach. And, and, they, and they all changed. Um, this lot have been together now for, what, six years? Is it six, six nearly seven years? Yeah. Um, been a while. So, um, well, it'll be seven years, won't it? Because it's uh, be at least, oh, yeah, six or seven years away. Um, so, yeah, maybe it is time that they actually rotated their roles um, and freshened things up a bit. Uh, and maybe, and uh, got the, gave the players different voices for, for, for different things, um, rather than having the same well, voice the whole time. Yeah, exactly. When when, um, when Ted was there, the reason why they did the rotation was that they didn't go stale. Yep. Yeah, there's a, there's a case of being real. They, they seem bloody-minded at the moment. You know, even though a lot of good experts are all shaking their head in and around the Ben Smith, the world's best fullback, <clears throat> Playing, playing out on the wing. Listen, if 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 you if you've got an issue with one of your wingers, well, and if you think Ben Smith is, is gonna gonna be your winger, well, leave leave him on the wing. Let him go right through the World Cup with Ben Smith playing on the wing. But the fullback that you get in has got to be your fullback that you trust one hundred percent. And with somebody like David McKenzie, I don't know. I don't really know if I trust him. <laughs> at the minute, he doesn't doesn't make me feel safe and cosy and, and warm at fullback, you know, in the same way that Ben being at his best does, and I think that's that's sort of confusing, confusing a lot of people. Yep, but we have definitely overrun. Um, and uh, a quick comment in the chat there was: I bet we'll see some massive improvements from the All Blacks. Uh, I think the point we've just we've been making is it doesn't have to be massive improvements. It's small percentages uh, that make the differences at this sort of level. Um, it's yeah, it's the little things. Uh, one, one, um, a couple of hands better, and it would have been uh, it would have been a different result um, both ways, uh, either way. So, um, thank you very much, Steve, for finally getting uh, on, on and joining us. It's great to have a chat with you. Um, and uh, thank you very much, Ashwin. Um, don't forget to click up there, to subscribe down there for the main channel, um, driving more. And over there are two videos. If you've listened to an hour and ten minutes of this. YouTube tell you that you'll absolutely love. So go and click on those as well.